everybody. Welcome to the Phil Crossfire Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. <laughs> and this is always awkward. I'm the co-host, Kurt. Why is it always awkward? I don't you know. make it awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your mustache on the microphone? Because I haven't trimmed it in like two months, so it's a big nappy like thing on my face. It looks face. like a caterpillar. Yeah. I like it. So, you know, <laughs> that sounded really weird. <laughs> Where's your mind? I feel like I feel like you were like I like it, like cuz you felt it or something. <laughs> oh, well, that, that was your words. I felt, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, All right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's we get digress. let's get to our sponsors. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we are in the Skillset studio, so this podcast is always sponsored by Skillset. Because uh, Skillset has a magazine, and they're buddies of ours, and we uh, abuse and use their studio. <laughs> Not abuse it, but we use it. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we definitely use it. Uh, it's Our podcast analytics have gone through the roof because people can hear us. And not other things like cars driving by, Pearl licking <laughs> licking me, yeah, um, eating peanut butter, somebody flushing a you. toilet, <laughs> yeah, somebody flushing a toilet. <laughs> um, but you know, you guys can check out uh, Skill Set. They have obviously social media. Just Google Skill Set. Uh, they're all over the place. They're all over our, our social media. But they have also a podcast and podcast. Yeah, but they they have a great podcast and also a great magazine, which I am a contributor to. Um, I got a little three-page spread, and I even did a teaser the other day. I'm going to do my next uh, my next three pages on next issue on overlanding. I was going to be a smartass. I'm like, are you writing an article on the negative effects of fast food? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where did that come? That and was, dude, I brought that weight. Damn, that was a haymaker. That I'm was sorry. A, and you looked at my I'm stomach la- I'm you laughing. said that. No, I'm laughing because like, I was because teasing you. Because it's true? On, I was teasing you on the podcast. Dude, I've been hungry lately, man. I'm bulk yeah. phase. Bulk you keep phase. making these jokes, and then I just follow up on them. I sorry. know. I like it, though. <laughs> Back to skill set. <laughs> yeah. After that abuse. Um, you know, skill set mag, www.skillsetmag.com. We give coupon codes because we're we're uh, very giving <laughs> and uh philcraft 10 is 10 percent off a magazine my whole thing with magazines look you could go to barnes and noble get a uh, coffee relax read the magazines and never pay for them like i do or you could subscribe <laughs> and have them delivered and read them in the convenience of your own home or your own rv for some yeah no it's uh it's cool so hard copy or online right Skill set mag. That's what I just said, Kurt. So, yeah. I was just backing you up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know you always have my. That's six. how I jump in on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how I jump in to support you. <laughs> that bang you drink. It's like you should be sponsored by Bang. <laughs> oh man. Okay, yeah. so Roca eyewear. You know Rob uh, from Roca, good buddy of ours. But you know the best glasses that um, we've seen out of the military because we wear um, Oakley. We wear Oakley all the time. But you know when you're when you're performing and you're doing like uh, a lot of high performance stuff that includes oh yeah brother <laughs> running and gunning those in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> running and gunning uh rucking hunting all the stuff you need uh glasses that are going to stay your face you don't feel like they're falling off your face i like roca roca roca.com look they have a coupon code for 15% off at philcraft 15 uh it's 15% off store wide as well hell yeah uh cool clothing we are sponsored by cool Cool.com. Yes, Use the coupon code FCSH. That's Foxtrot Charlie Sierra Hotel. Free ship <laughs> for free shipping <laughs> off of cool.com. That was Foxtrot. <laughs> I, dude, I can't stop wearing I sleep in cool clothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My wardrobe is nothing but cool, though. 
I like it. Oh gosh. And you're not wearing. Cool I, at there's, all. I'm thinking of like ten things to tease you about. But anyway, I know right. you're on the tease on to the train. Next, the tease train. <laughs> <laughs> you're. Uh, you're going to get the train later. Um, <laughs> talking, speaking about the Overland stuff that we have going on with uh, skill set. I'm doing the article on our actually next Overland adventure with uh, one of the companies that we work with, um, but. Recently, we just got back from uh, Southern California. The only reason we'd be there is to meet with partners and friends. Yeah. I want to talk about Belt. Yeah. Belt. Yeah. So uh, we just uh, basically just got a, uh, some bumpers, armor. All of our armor actually is made by a company called Pelfrey Built. They're based out of El Cajon, California. They are uh, a strategic partner. Uh, business partner, so they are not a sponsor. That we're not ambassadors. They're a strategic business partner. They believe in Fieldcraft, and they uh, believe so much in Fieldcraft that you know they agreed to making sure that we were al- we were allowed to give a code to get ten uh, percent off of their product as well. Um, and that code is Fieldcraft. Um, if you have any questions, you can hit up Pelfrey Built at info at pelfreybuilt.com. And, uh, you know, Satin and Tyler and Mike and everybody in the shop, super awesome people got a chance to be there for about a week and see the type of work that they're doing, the craftsmanship that goes into, uh, you know, the bumper builds, the skid plates, all that stuff. And those guys are top notch. Guys and gals are top notch. And we are extremely appreciative to have them in our network of uh, professional businesses that support us. Yeah. Pelfreybuilt.com. Love the lines. Love the utility of it. And uh, I love the fact that I saved like a thousand pounds off my rig. Yeah. Instead of 14 <laughs> miles per gallon, I'm getting 15. So yeah. That's yeah. a great increase. <laughs> so thanks, Pelfrey. Um, also, and uh, finally, uh, but not least important, is uh, Boss Strongbox. Yep. American-made, 16-gauge steel, three-point locking system, single-key entry. Look, if you want to lock away something and not allow anybody to get access to it ever. My favorite um, was you said it took a special operations breacher to get into it. Absolutely, it did. That was me, and I just used a key. I just opened the (laughs) the box. You were working smarter, not harder. That's true. I have the key to my strong box. Low-viz breaching. Low-viz breaching called a key. (laughs) Um, But, you know, what's cool is uh, Gun Fu is running uh, one of the the larger boxes in his uh, new cruiser, which is not new, but it's new because it's getting repaired and um, getting fixed. Uh, But his AD is getting hooked up. And then you guys can uh, check out their website at bossstrongbox.com. It's it's veteran-owned and operated. Uh, also use Philcraft, one word, for a coupon code to save 25%. That's pretty good. That's a huge discount. Yeah, I mean, cool. look, when you're spending money to, to secure your belongings, whether that's in your house, uh, your workplace, your vehicle, uh, you want the best. This stuff is used by the FBI, by Marshal Services, by our Border Patrol, um, I'm a big fan. Also, I'm a big fan because these guys, just like most of our strategic partners, support um, our, the nonprofits that yep. we work with. Gold Star Teen Adventures, the Green Beret Foundation, a whole bunch of guys and gals that we believe in to help people who are less fortunate. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Especially giving back to the communities of uh, guys that made us who we were So, and their families. And all these companies are extremely motivated about helping out and making sure that they're taking care of that community as well. So that's uh, that's like the extra bonus out of all this. So when you spend your money, uh, some of that money is going to one of those nonprofits, which is cool. Yeah, Roka, all these guys are doing the same thing. So yep, I appreciate it from our, our sponsors. Hey guys, welcome back to the Phil Craft Survival Podcast. I'm your host Mike, and I'm your co-host Kurt. 
And, and that was the most normal introduction we've ever done. Oh, wait, there's well, a third. I got to get serious. Well, there's gotta, a third. Yeah. Who's the third wheel in the house? This is, uh, <laughs> Mason. What's up, third wheel? Gun foo. <laughs> the third leg of the... The third leg. <laughs> the shortest leg. <laughs> it's the most important leg, okay, guys? That's true. The That's true. left and right leg over here. That's true. You, you are the crutch yeah. that holds me and Kurt up. I feel like it's a lopsided tripod, though. You know what I mean? No big deal. All right. That's what it is. Hey, well, I, I'm getting real serious because... We got someone on the podcast who meant this dude is. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. There's not a lot of. Is it weird to say I don't respect a lot of people? People in the tactical <laughs> industry is that yeah. bad? <laughs> so I'm. We're selective about who uh, we associate ourselves with, especially in the tactical space, because it's a saturated space, man. There's a lot of people who are playing a role, and there's a lot of people who are making an impact based on their experiences. And our, our next guest is one of those dudes. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think uh, you just said it really well. Some people are playing the role, and some people actually have the experience to teach. And so uh, based off of real experience. And so, you know, we like to be associated with those kind of instructors and the guys that have the background to be out there and teach uh, valuable lessons to people that one day may save their life. So it's a big deal. It is a big deal. So, so this guest is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, retired SWAT, first former elite athlete, and he's doing everything in strength and conditioning. The, the first time I saw him on his social media, yeah. he was like lifting That's a car. That's what I've always been really <laughs> – I'm like, that dude is a beast. He's a beast, <laughs> but then but then he's tying the strength and conditioning into the tactical space, which yeah. is you know a principle that you, we utilize to induce stress right. and, and basically exercise yourself under stress, which is a true testament – to your capability. It's yeah, not right. when you're like, you know, you're resting heart rate and you're trying to execute. It's what happens when you're under stress. And this guy is running those programs and he's and he's doing a very good job of it. If you guys uh, aren't following him, you should. Um, but welcome to the podcast, Tony from Real World Tactical. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's going on, guys? It's, it's, it's an honor to be here. Uh, this is a long time coming, man. And I'm really happy to make this happen. You know, you guys are very well respected in the industry, man. And I love to talk to... Uh, people with the same mindset as myself man so I'm, I'm really happy to be here man thank you for having me thank you man no thank you tony for being on the podcast man it's been like you said it's been a long time coming we actually talked about this for a couple of years now <laughs> yeah. um but the fact that uh we can get you on because we're both busy and, and we see you doing great things in in the industry and space i want to create some context for the viewers who who don't know who you are so if you could tony can you can you give us your background of like you know, who you were, you know, how you grew up, whether it's uh, from the Marine Corps experience to law enforcement to, to what you're doing now. Well, uh, born and raised Miami, Florida, Cuban descent, went into the Marine Corps in 1998, uh, went in as a grunt, all 311. Uh, I was detached to security forces, forces my first two years. Um, I got lucky. I ended up going to Paris Island for the last two years where I became a primary marksmanship instructor. At that time, uh, they were actually um, putting together the MAGMAT program, which is Marine Corps Martial Arts uh, program. And then I ended up becoming, because of my MMA background that I have, I ended up becoming a close combat instructor for them in Paris Island. In 02, I was actually on the range uh, teaching uh, when the Twin Towers got hit. And um, all of my buddies and everybody that was the Marine Corps with me, they were all going. Everybody was, was going to Iraq. Yeah. I had to re-enlist. So uh, I got my orders in the Marine Corps back then. I don't know if they still do it now, but back then, your second tour, you always had to do what's called the B-billet. Uh, your B-billet was either recruiting or drill instructor. Yeah, well, like an because, administrative yeah, well, thing. Of, yeah, go ahead. I'm, go ahead. 
an, an administrative thing. Yes, correct. Uh, the re- what happened to me was, since I was already in Paris Island, and I knew all of the ins and outs of Paris Island, uh, pretty much my orders were to become a drill instructor. I knew all of their schedules. I knew everybody there. Uh, they didn't give me a, a, a way out. It was either be a drill instructor or just get the fuck out. Um, well, I wasn't going to be the only front <laughs> in the Marine Corps uh, in drill instructor as a drill instructor for four years, you know, while all of my buddies were at war. Um, so I made a choice. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't regret it. Uh, I regretted not being there with my buddies uh, in 2003, 2004, especially with a good friend of mine, Kevin Armantrout, which he was in Fallujah. Uh, he ended up getting a bronze star uh, with batter. Half of his unit was killed. Uh, you know, when Fallujah was Fallujah. Oh, yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, those are some regrets that I have. But, you know, you make choices in your life that you got to go with, you know? Yep. So I got out in 02. Um, I went straight into corrections. Uh, and then I did maybe like a seven seven months to about a year in corrections, and then went straight into law enforcement. Uh, got picked up. I did a lateral movement, kind of. Did police, and then, uh, man, 15 years. I was SWAT most of my career, full-time SWAT, part of a tactical unit. Um, what I explain to people, the best way that I can say it is, uh, most guys that are full-time SWAT, have a SWAT team with barricades, HRs, uh, you know, uh, search uh, search warrants, just the basic SWAT stuff that they do. I was part of an actual attack team where we did everything. We did all the future recovery. We did all the, um, anything to do with uh, Kilo and above, which in Miami, Keys are a dime a dozen. You know, you have Kilo reverses, you know, all kinds of stuff, all, everything. So we did all the jump files. We did all the stuff. Everything was high profile. Did that most of my career. Uh, I was detective for a little while. Um, Robbery, homicide. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not homicide. Robbery and the narcotics, uh, intelligence. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I just I was exposed to a lot down in Miami, Florida. You know, it's very busy up there. I got out in 2016. I started my I actually started the company in 2014, uh, part time. So I was running 80 uh, hour work weeks and teaching on the weekend. Uh, I knew I had about four years left uh, as a cop, four or five years before I could buy out, and. Um, I was already burned out a lot, Mike. Uh, I had been in, involved in a lot of operations and, you know, in police work, uh, when you get into shootings and you get into stuff like that, you get civilly sued. And I explained that to people, you know, uh, you know, you get into a shooting with the person uh, and you don't kill him, uh, the family, uh, he's going to sue you. If you get into a shooting with the guy and then you kill the guy, then his family's going to sue you. So with every uh, police-involved shooting, there's always consequences. Uh, and I had maybe about, I don't know, between 2010 and 2014, uh, when I started the company, I probably had five or six uh, civil lawsuits over my head. And um, and some of them, were I had them for like four or five years, man, going back and forth. So I was really getting burned out at that point. And um, I decided to start the company, man. Uh, it was going very well. You know, the company was doing well. And then I started... <laughs> You know, Mike, when you decide that you want to do something, right? You say, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to start this company and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go 100 miles an hour with it. But I'm going to do it my way. So I did it my way. I did it Tony way, you know? And for the first year and a half, I caught so much backlash from the tactical industry, from uh, these reputable instructors saying that I couldn't do what I was doing. I couldn't teach the fighting and I couldn't teach the the fitness and, and all that with live fire. You know, and I was like, what do you mean I can't do that? 
I've been doing this shit for fucking I don't know how many years. I've been teaching for I don't know how many years. This is the way that I teach. This is this is what we do, you know? Nobody had brought that to to the civilian world. Nobody had brought that to like you want to say the social media world, I guess. Nobody was teaching that at that time. So I, I took a lot of hits in the beginning, you know, and then two or three years later, four years later, I got guys like you, uh, like Johnny, all these SF guys coming out teaching pretty much very similar ways to the way that I've been teaching since 2014, you know? And and it took guys like you to come and do this to make people realize, you know, holy shit, this is the way it should be taught. This is how your body reacts to traumatic experiences. Your body's going to get that adrenaline dump. Your heart rate is going to be at 160, 175 beats per minute, you know? So, uh, and then here we are today. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I retired in 2016. I wanted to do the company full-time. And, and man, it just took off from there. Uh, it, and now I teach around the country. Um, I do seminars for strength conditioning. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm sponsored by different companies in the tactical realm and the fitness realm. I've been able to... I've been able to, to get the two things and put it together, uh, fitness and tactical, which was probably one of the hardest freaking things to, to do, man. It really was in the beginning because the tactical guys didn't want to do fitness and the fitness guys, a lot of the fitness people aren't really into the tactical realm. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was a little rough. Yeah, I noticed the, uh, the, the problems that you just highlighted, which is a, a significant issue, is just the fact that, you know, I mean, part of it is just, toxic human beings in the first place who don't know uh, what they're even talking about that that come out and comment and say that you're not validating the space because they don't know you they don't understand the principles and most of it comes out of ignorance and what I liked about you from the beginning is that you were pushing uh, the limits of everything in strength and conditioning and merging the tactical uh, side of it as well and you're right nobody was doing that at the time and when I tell people when people don't understand this concept because it's hard when you're a soldier or you're in law enforcement, there's not a lot of uh, bridge gap, uh, bridging of that gap. And what people don't realize, especially in large cities like Phoenix, Arizona, and Miami, Florida, that law enforcement deals with that. A basic patrol officer deals with those levels of stress and tactical situations every single night they're on duty. And that, that level of a heightened vigilance and awareness that they have to go through and then implement a tactic or a technique or, you know, a procedural, um, uh, you know, tactic that they do and they have to do it right the first time. Cause if they don't, they're going to get potentially injured or killed is serious and it takes a toll and, and people don't want to validate those guys in that space. And it doesn't take a green beret to come out of, a, it shouldn't take a green beret to come out of warfare and to come out and start in a tactical company for people to listen. And I'm, I've always been a big proponent of law enforcement and guys like yourself, guys like Gun Fu who, who do it every single day. And people don't realize, uh, obviously, behind the curtains, behind the shadows, what takes place. And, you know, you dealt with that for an extended period of time, not just in your veteran service, but most uh, especially inside your law enforcement service. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, people have no idea. I mean, they have no clue. And then, you know, now it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's really hard for the, for the law enforcement officer. You know what I mean? It's really hard because they're fighting the green. They're fighting the green. They really are, man. Everything they do is scrutinized. Everything, you know, so I tell I tell the people now it's a different animal. I mean, me as a cop in the mid-2000s, you know, I explained to people, I said, man, listen, in the, in the mid-2000s, it was the wild, wild west in South Florida. The wild, wild west, bro. It was car chases, gunfights every single day, fighting every single day, foot chases every single day, bailouts every single day. 
we were in the hood every single day and it was you're walking up on four or five guys you're literally a foot from each guy each guy's got a gun you don't know who's got the gun you got to take them down and when you take them down it's not oh sir could you please you know put your hands on the car no 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 no. it's you're taking them down at 100 miles an hour you know what i mean and it's got to be fast violent you know and people don't understand that they don't understand that it's seconds of your life and then it's every single day, Mike. Every day, man. It's just not... I, I try to explain to people, I was like, by the time I was in 2010, 2011, when you do this every day and you're running ops every single day and you get burned, man. You get burned because you're in a car hunting these guys and, you know, in the drive... Let's say you, it's regular day, three or four o'clock in the afternoon and I'm following this guy, I've been following the guy, you know, I don't know, three hours following the guy. So the guy doesn't see you. That's number one. You gotta follow this guy in an unmarked car for three hours, and then you gotta wait till he gets to his friend's house. And then when he gets to his friend's house, there's three or four other guys that have guns. Okay, you see them putting the guns in the car. You see them get the AKs, and you gotta take these guys down in a place where people aren't gonna get shot. Because if you get into the shooting, you don't want kids to get shot. You don't want the regular people to get shot. So how are you gonna do that? What's the best way to do that? And all this is happening in seconds, and where you're you're relaying all these different things, and you know that if all it takes is for one guy to make one simple mistake. One mistake, Mike, and the whole op goes to shit. And this guy that did 14, 15 armed robberies, or this crew that you've been hunting down for the last three weeks, are going to do it again and again and again if they get away. And if not, you end up getting into the gunfight or whatever it may be, and you end up shooting innocent people, or they end up shooting innocent people of your people, and then they're going to be scrutinized for the next five years of your career if you don't lose it. You know what I'm saying? And those are other things that go through our heads every single time we were out there. And after a while, it does get tiring. It gets really tiring. You know, you, you're like, man, we, you know, this, this, is, this is a bad one. You just feel it. You know what I mean? And as the times kept coming, you would, you would continue to do these things. And you saw that the people weren't, number one, appreciating what you were doing. And, 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 you know, and, and he'll tell you that they're always trying to make you look like the bad guy. They're always trying to make, you know, they're like questioning everything you're doing. So... Yeah, it, it's tough, I, you know, and, but you know what? For one thing is, I don't regret a single day. I honestly thought I was going to be doing law enforcement for the rest of my, the rest of my life. Uh, and I don't regret it, man. Every single bad guy that I put away uh, in my head deserved it. And every everything that we did was the right thing. Just like I'm sure you feel the same way, Mike, you know what I mean? Over there where you did what you did, you know? It was, it was going home every single day. That was yeah. the bottom line. Just get home. Yeah. You know, just hey, get home. Yeah, bro. Hey, Tony, this is this is Kurt, man. Hey, I. Hey, Kurt. Yeah, man. I just, you know that I, I we completely understand what you're talking about. You know, as far as uh, the expo- prolonged exposure to operations and how that you know can degrade a lot of different things. Obviously, you have a different perspective because of your law enforcement background and how all that interacts with the public and you know lawsuits yeah. and. And a lot of the backside of that that uh, that we don't end up seeing, you know, my old man was on the LAPD for 27 years. So, you know, for oh, me, well, he saw plenty. Yeah. That's so plenty. For, for me as a kid, you know, I understood that. And then as I grew into an adult, I knew that background. But I think for our listeners, you know, you described a lot of different things over a, a pretty good uh, chunk of your life up to this point. And. Mike and I are huge about mindset, like and 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 I think a lot of people have a hard time uh, that ask the question, you know, of of describing mindset. But I think you know when we're when we talk to to top level performing guys like yourself, 
you know, one of the things that we always want to extract from that person is, is the mindset that they have both now and then how they develop that mindset. So to give you an example, like when I was a kid, you know, growing up playing tackle football, you know, I got into, you know, into teamwork and, and working hard and athletics and all these different things that required me to build a, you know, a mindset of, of toughness, you know, let's say. And then those things obviously parlayed into other things in my life when I joined the military, when I became a member of special operations, when I worked on the special forces operational detachment. So, so Kurt, not, not to cut you off, so you're telling me they didn't give you a participation trophy? No, man. No, it's a, no, it's a, it's a great point, right? Society today, everybody gets a trophy, but no, man, but but uh, but to ask you the question, like both developing the mindset and then the mindset that you had maybe when you were in, uh, uh, as you you know when you were in the military, how that uh, you know directly reflected your law enforcement experience, and then the mindset that you're in now. Because I want to highlight that you're also a veteran entrepreneur. Mike and I are veteran entrepreneurs as well, and and those are interesting things that I want to not only teach the veteran community as these guys and gals get out of the military that they can, in fact, become business owners, but but the mindset that it took to cover, uh, basically the you know the interesting uh, story that you just told us. The mindset growing up, obviously, I think in general was just different of us growing up to where they're growing up now. You know what I mean? Number one, right off the back. Um, the military mindset for me, uh, it, it builds, it's, it just, it just instills that discipline, man, discipline and understanding discipline. And, and a lot of people don't have the discipline, um, in police work. And, and I had a luxury that you guys didn't have. And I'm going to tell you, and I talk about this a lot compared to the military guy at SF guy or just the military guy in general, I had the luxury of going home, uh, guys, you did it. You didn't have that luxury. You know what I mean? Uh, I knew how to disassociate myself over the years of doing the job. I knew how to disassociate myself. And the way that I would do it is when I would step into my car, I was a different man than I was out of my car when I got home. Uh, that's the best way that I can explain it. Um, my mindset when I got into the car, uh, that, that it was my job and it was, it, it was getting home uh, to my family and getting home uh, every single day. Um, you guys that you guys didn't have that luxury and that's why I'm a firm believer that a lot of the military guys that do 10 12 13 14 years and you do these deployments it really has that effect on you that hardcore effect in regards to the shorter time compared to like a, a cop uh, that's you know been experienced a lot of stuff it, it, it happens more over time like over 15 years um, and I have a lot of friends that end up retiring and die for you know six months right after they retire. Uh, because it hits them. You know what I mean? Right. You guys do 10 years, eight years, 10 years, get out. You have everything compounded in those eight, eight or nine years. Um, the mindset that you have to instill, and, and I try to instill in people, and even in my students or whatever, uh, they can break your body uh, physically, but as long as they never break your mind, you are unbreakable. Yeah. Bottom line. I don't care what they do to me physically. You can cut my arm off, do whatever it is, as long as my mind, uh, you know, I will continue to go forward. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to kill me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In our line of work, it's, it's understanding that. Um, as as entrepreneurs, it's a little different. Now it's it's us trying to teach the individuals or the students or the people where we're trying to um, show what we've learned over these, you know, these 20 years of whatever whatever we've done. Um, that same concept. 
obviously teaching someone from the military background who's been exposed to that, it's always easier. What happens with them, as I see a lot, is um, they don't have the, I can never say this word, camaraderie. Yeah, the camaraderie. Yeah. When they leave the military or uh, they, they lose that. So they have no one to talk to. They have, no, they have nothing. Uh, they don't have that bond with anyone. And when they lose that bond, they feel like they lose their life. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so hard for them to continue that drive that they had when they were in the service. Um, and a lot of guys end up, obviously, you know, uh, with PTSD issues and all these different, different type of things. But in the law enforcement side, you know what happens to LEO guys is not so much that, but they get complacent. Mm. What happens? They have a paycheck every two weeks. When they need money, they work overtime. You know what I mean? And they're good with that. They're like, okay, I live a good life. I need an extra 500 bucks. I just work overtime. We'll work on off duty and I'm good to go. You know? Yeah. Uh, they don't realize that their 40 hour work week goes into a 70 hour work week and they never spend any time with their family. Mm-hmm. Hence, case why most of them end up getting divorced, why most of them end up having kids and they don't ever see their kids ever because they're working 80 hours to, to maintain the, either the child support or to, to maintain just paying their bills. Living, you know, trying to live that life, you know, Uh, for the entrepreneurs. And and I think um, I always tell a lot of the military guys, man, uh, when they're getting out as a veteran, you know, I tell them, I go, look, you've already got half the battle. You're already halfway there. You have the discipline needed because it's all about discipline. You have to organize yourself. You have to you have to have a plan without a fucking plan. You're you're, you're, you're worthless. Yeah. You can say that you want to do 20,000 things, but if you don't have a set outline or a plan of what you want to do, then you're never going to have direction to do what you want to do at the end of the day. And you need that. You need somebody, either someone like Mike or someone like you guys, someone like me to point you in the right direction. And I go, yeah, I'm going to point you in the right direction. I'm going to help you. These are the things that you need to do. Have them done in the next month. And then when you get to those steps, then I'll, I'll help you to the next step. But I'm not going to do it for you. Yeah. You get me? Yeah, you can yeah. lead a horse to water, but you can never make that freaking horse drink that damn water. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't f- spoon feed these kids, these people. Yeah. So I, if they, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. I was just going to say the fact that, like you mentioned it, you know, when we first started talking about mindset and you were, you know, you said the word discipline and I'm huge uh, about talking about that word because I feel like, you know, today's society you know, you get all these, you know, these Instagram posts and you have all this shit coming at you and they're like, Hey, it's Monday motivation. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? It's not Monday motivation. It's literally a life of discipline if you want to succeed. And so I think it's, a, you brought up a lifestyle, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and people try to, you know, it's all these little taglines and all these things. And, and, and I think it really goes back to that old school, Hey man, are you going to get your hands dirty and are you going to put some elbow grease into it to make that shit happen? Because, you know, nobody became successful. If you really talk to guys that are successful, they, they have a shit ton of discipline, especially self-made guys and gals. They have a shit ton of discipline and they were brave enough to, you know, to dream big and chase it and, and maintain, you know, that discipline to, to make it happen. Well, everybody always wants to see, everybody always wants to see like the end result. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't want to see the struggle, bro. They don't want to see, you know, and and I talk about this in stress conditioning a lot, um, or even let's say in in the tactical realm uh, and shooting period, nobody wants to see the the, the boring reps. And I was like, on Instagram, yeah, I'm going to show the stuff that's going to get views and going to get likes to get more followers. Why? Because I'm going to get more money. (laughs) But they don't see the two and a half hours that I spent 
doing all the things you need to do to get to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. They don't see that. They don't see that. Same thing with shooting. And at the end of the day, shooting and everything else, are, it's, it's a skill. You know, obviously tactics is it, it, a skill. It takes time. It takes repetition after repetition, getting better. You know what I mean? And, and doing it over and over and over and over again. And nobody, you'll notice somebody real quick when they want to just get to that end part. They don't want to put in the time like all oh, we, we all did. Yeah. They didn't want to take those 10 years to get what we did, to get the experience that we did. No, they want to be right there. If I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me, man, I want to do what you do. And I said, it took me fucking 20 years to do what I'm yeah. doing. Right now. <laughs> 100%. A great point, man. You know great I mean? point. Yeah. Like, I want to, you know, I want to do, I want to jump like that. I want to have that strength and I want to have this. And I said, bro, you think I woke up one day and I said, oh, I want to do this today? <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, man. And, and you, you as a person, uh, and, and you know, and you get a student and, and you want to help them and we all do. We all, we all try to teach people. We all want to teach them everything that we can and to expose them to as much as, as possible. And, but you're going to see the students that are willing to put in the time and you're going to see the students that want to cut corners. Yeah. And when you see them starting to cut corners, you, you, you sit there and you say, listen, you're cutting corners and you can't cut corners because you're, you're, you're in the, still in the foundation phases. If I'm building a house, I got to pour concrete. Yeah. I'm not going to build a house on wood, my man. Yeah. Because it's going to break. You feel me? You have to build that, that foundation. And the most important thing out of anything, I don't care if you're an operator. I don't care if you're a fitness guy. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur or you're, whatever it is. If you don't have a solid foundation, everything's going to come crumbling down. It's only a matter of time. Well, only a matter of time. Tony, you know? I like that. I like what you're saying right now. And, I, you know, we... we we routinely discuss and talk about people's habits and how those habits kind of shape your behavior and the person that you are, the character that you, that you behold. So what are, what are some daily habits and routines and rituals that you go through daily um, that, that make you who you are on a daily basis? Uh, I would tell you in, in regards to my habits, it's very, listen, I'll tell you, it's not easy, Mike, because I travel so much. So when you travel, um, your habits change. Uh, if I have a flight in the morning, I can't eat the meal that I want to eat. I can't do this that I want to do. And, and these are the different things. So, I mean, I always, for me, I always try to keep certain things always the same. Um, I'm a very like monotonous person. You know, uh, I, I have a set way of certain, a set way of doing things, certain things. I know that I have to keep my keys next to my, uh, my nightstand every single day. I know that I have my, my firearm in, in this part every every single, you know, where I go. When I get into my car, I have certain things have to be in certain places. You know, uh, to me, that instills just a simple fact of understanding where things are in your life. You don't get lost, you know, and then it compounds. You know what I'm saying? I know for a fact that if I, if I go into my, to my room, I know where there's certain things in my room, right? And I know it's not there. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something something went wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yep. if my keys aren't on my nightstand, when I wake up in the morning, <laughs> what the what the hell are my keys not doing there? You yeah. know what I mean? And, you know, I, I can go to sleep knowing that my gun is going to be where it is every single day. You know? Yeah. Uh, if it's not there, something's wrong. Something's off. It's that structure um, you're you're building. You're developing that structure around yourself that leads to like optimization, right? You're more efficient that way. Egg, exactly. That yeah. I'm. I'm I, it, you know, for me, uh, you know, because I travel so much. If you're a person that doesn't travel, 
you know what I mean? Then you have to have that. I wake up at this time every single day. I brush my teeth. I do this every single time. I make my bed every, you know what I mean? You have to have that structure into that, you know? It's hard. It's harder to do when, oh yeah, my flight's at seven o'clock in the morning or my flight's at 11 o'clock in the morning or, you know what I mean? And then you have to set everything up at night. You know what I'm saying? All that. It's a little tougher. Um, not knowing where you're going to be or what city. Cause I, I mean, I've gone to cities before where I didn't, I didn't even know what I was going to eat because I've never even been there. You know, so it's like, okay, what am I going to eat today? Where am I going? I got to look now. I got to look on the GPS to find somewhere to eat, you know, or to get the rent or, and you know, so it's a little harder when you travel as much as I do, but uh, yeah, but you have to have some kind of structure. Yes. You have to build those habits and, 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 and it's a simple thing. It doesn't have to be nothing complicated. I believe, uh, I think as long as it's simple and you keep things simple. I've been like that my, my, pretty much my whole life. Uh, I go by the three S's, man. Simple, simple, safe, and stupid. <laughs> you keep things simple, safe, and stupid. Uh, if you try to complicate things, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. When you start overthinking things, you start overanalyzing stuff, and you're trying to complicate it and make things uh, change this and change that. When you start changing all these tactics, and you start changing all these things, now you have 12 guys, 8 guys, 10 guys, and you're changing things. Or what happens to it? It becomes a it becomes a clusterfuck. Yeah, it becomes a, it becomes a problem when you start. You know, you know. We had we used to do on, on my team. I remember uh, years ago uh, where we do vehicle takedowns, and um, we had it a way where it was really complicated. Um, and when you're doing vehicle takedowns on like a reverse or this or that or whatever, there's so many variables, so many variables that that can happen. If a car, if a car is pulling out of the parking lot, let's say we're doing the the, the thing down on, in, in a parking lot. A car is pulling out of the parking lot. He backs up right where the vehicle is that we are about to take down, and all this. Now you got a car with a person there, and, and all these different variables and all this stuff. It turns into shit. Oh, just went to shit. Now you have a bailout, or you have a now you have a, uh, an HR with a with a an undercover uh, CI and a narc and the guy, you know, and it turns into garbage. So what do we do? We kept it simple. We changed the whole thing. We made it simple. We made it basic that no matter what happens, you always have the same result. You always have the same, uh, you know, outcome. Yeah, man. No, it's, uh, yeah, Tony. Hey, Tony, it's Kurt, man. It makes, that makes a a ton of sense, man. Those are a lot of principles that we used in special operations in the military, um, you know, like speed, surprise, uh, violence of action. Like those three things on an assault were like, that that's definitely what was going down. And then you had people that were smart enough that did the job that they could figure the rest out. I mean, obviously there were SOPs and, and certain things yeah, like course. that, but, uh, but no, man, we're, uh, yeah, hundred percent on point. Hey, I wanted to ask you real quick, um, you know, for the folks that listen to our podcast, you know, just fundamentally, you know, we've seen on your page, I mean, you're a beast in the gym and, you know, I wanted to hit you up on, on some of your principles of strength and conditioning. So, you know, you okay. just described some of the simplicity of, you know, how you've operated tactically, how you train people, some of those things, but, you know, getting into some of the strength and conditioning stuff, give us just some of your takeaways, you know, for, for principles on strength and conditioning. It's very simple. It, it, it's high intensity combat athletic training is what is what I is what I what my program is. Okay. And it's the simple concept of whatever body weight you are, whatever body weight you are, you want to be stronger than a guy that's twenty pounds heavier and faster and more agile than a guy that's twenty pounds lighter. Yeah, got bottom it. line. You're you're in the military as a cop as whatever it is. You're a hybrid. 
Yep. You can't be a guy that's super, super strong because then your cardio goes out the window. Yeah. And you can't be a guy that's always cardio, cardio, cardio because then you can't even freaking pick up a guy <laughs> in a fireman's carry. Yeah. And I know you I know you've experienced that. I yeah, know you no, have. No, I know some, yeah. We all have. Yeah, it's good I, stuff. I, you, know, you know, go ahead. Yeah, ahead, no, yeah, yeah. I was uh, no, I was just saying that I I totally get that the simplicity of of what you just described is is literally like being a SWAT dude or you know a dude on a special operations team where it's like, hey man, you got to be able to you got to be able to to pick somebody up. You got to be strong. You got to be able to do pull ups. You got to be able to climb over walls. You got to be able to do all this shit. But you got to be fast enough and fit enough cardiovascular speaking. So if a dude bails on you or you got to do any of that, you can get into a foot chase and, and still hold your own. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's, it, it's very important. And for me being, I was one of the heavier guys. I was on my team. I was, I was always above, about 225, 230 on, in my, on my prime. I would say, um, I could never, that's what they run a lot. They do. We, we used to run like seven miles, ten miles. So I could never be over two twenty-five, two thirty, right? Because my knees and my back would just kill me. But every guy on my team, every guy on my team, so I was one of the, I was one of the leading structures for my team, the firearms and defensive tactics, had to be able to get me, take me up from the ground, firemen's carry me, at least fifty yards. Every guy on my team, a full kit. If you couldn't do it, then you were going to put in a lot of work to do it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day. Any of us can go down at any given day. And if you have a guy that cannot pick someone up off the ground from a limb body and not get hurt, he's a fucking weak link. Yeah. Bottom line, he's a weak link. You know what I mean? And you can't have, in our line of work, you can't have a weak link like that. You can't. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Man, so agreed. It, you have to, it, you know, and, and, and listen, and if you are that weak link, then you have no business doing the job that we do. Sorry to tell you, man. No, 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 yeah. no hard feelings. All, you know, yeah, man, it's good. I mean, I some people need to hear that real talk, especially you know we interact with a lot of young men and women that uh, they want to join the military, they want to become you know law enforcement folks, and and it's like, hey, man, I'm going to give you the real deal. Here's the real deal. Like you don't want to be the weak link, and if you identify yourself as the weak link, you need to do something about it. So take your ass to the gym, or figure out what you're screwing up, and spend that much more time than everybody else that's doing it to to bring yourself up so you aren't the weak link. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You don't want to be that guy. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to be responsible for 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 a cop going down or or, or your team member going down. Period. Yeah, man. You know, because you're gonna have to live with that. You're gonna have to live with that for the rest of my life. And I think that was probably one of my biggest fears and, and why I, I always trained as hard as I did was because I just didn't want to be that guy. And, you know, I, there was no way that, you know, I was going to be, I trained to the point to where I was like, at the end of the day, I'm not going to be the guy that is going to be the cause of somebody going down because, or I'm not going to be able to pull them out. You know, yeah, it's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. And so I trained and I trained and I trained and, you know, and a lot of guys don't train yeah. and that is their biggest problem. Yeah. They're they're running ops all the time, and then you, you and in the same way you can't get mad because you you work eighty hours a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. You work eighty hours a week. You go to your family. You have an hour, two hours with your family, uh, and and you you need to distress, and you want to spend time with your kids, and you want to. So it's like one of those things where it's like a double edged sword. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, so a lot. You know. I feel it, and I, and I used to tell the guys that go, I go, man, listen, I understand. Trust me, I, I get you. I, I get it. Uh, but you got to make time. Yeah, you got to find that hour, 30 minutes. I don't care, but you got to do something. You got to do something. You know, yeah. it, it, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, 
it's pretty simple in regards for, for, for what we do with regards to the tactical realm or whatever. I, I always tell the guys this and I go, I, I, I'm the first one to tell you. And I've trained with, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know you guys know JJ Ricaza. Trained yeah. with him. Sometimes he's a good friend of mine. Cool. You know, one of the best shooters in the world and trained with a lot of guys. I'm doing a collaboration class now with two from Rolling Tactics coming in uh, September. And I always, I'm the first one to tell you, like, I'm not the fastest shooter there is out there. I'm not, by no means. I don't claim to be a fast uh, 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 shooter with a time, shot timer and all that stuff that they be doing and everything. Yeah. But I, I, I try to pride myself in being very, very consistent and accurate at a buck 75, at a buck 80. I can consistently hit accurately at any given point on whatever I'm doing. Right. And I explain that to people. I go, whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter if I'm running, jumping, fighting. I don't care what it is. I'm going to be able to, I'm going to lay down accurate fire downrange, period. Yeah, Most a- guys, you know what I mean? You'll get them, great shots. And as soon as you put a little heat on them, boom, it's over. That's it. It's done. Gone. Yeah, man. I- so, you know, I... It's, right, it's definitely good. Uh, you know, we talk about that a lot in our courses as well. And I always tell people, I'm like, hey, you know, whether you're a novice shooter or experienced shooter, you got to know what your capabilities and limitations are. Because when you go to employ that skill set, you know, if it's a, a self-defense situation or it's uh, as a, you know, an active member of, of a law enforcement agency or in the military, like you got to understand what your capabilities and limitations are. And, and literally... I think a good thing is when you understand what those capabilities and limitations are, that that helps set the stage for where you need to train, uh, where you don't, you know, maybe you just need to sharpen the edge every now and again in this one area, but be focused in these areas to get better to increase your capabilities and decrease your limitations. You know what, I, what I've come to realize? Uh, everybody always trains on what they're good at. Yeah, right. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever notice that? Everybody, yeah. everybody always trains what they're good at. Nobody ever goes out of their realm and they start training in, in stuff that they're pretty shitty at because it's that ego or that, or that like, oh, man, but I've never done that before. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, why? Why? That's what you should be training in. Yeah. Not the stuff you're good at. You can do the stuff you're good at with your eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, right. Do the stuff you're not good at. You know what I'm saying? And then I explain to people, look, if you're a great shooter, I go, okay, great. You're a great shooter. Now, how about you do some mixed martial arts? How about you do some striking? How about you do some ground fighting? I go, 90% of all encounters in the urban environment will start with some form of physical conflict. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, unless it's like an active shooter. And even an active shooter sometimes will start like that. That's a great point, man. Uh, You know, so... You're gonna get the guy. I always tell people, I go, man. I mean, you're you're fast. You're fast out of you're fast out of that holster. You're lightning speed out of that holster. But the problem is that if I'm arms just around with you, you're never gonna get that fucking gun out. I'm gonna knock every tooth in your goddamn face out before you ever get that gun out. Yeah, right. And the gun's gonna be worthless to you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. those are the simple facts. Do something that you know. Train and make yourself uncomfortable. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's big, man. You got you know you got to go out there and try it. You know, and, and that's why I'm a firm believer these students, they should train with you. They should train with this guy. They should go train with this guy and see what these different officers are. Because you're going to pick and choose what you like from everybody, and you're always going to get some knowledge from somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I like that training methodology, Tony. That's, I like that. We, we talk about that a little bit, but uh, emphasizing that a lot is, hey, you know, just don't unilaterally select one person to train with. Figure out 
all the strengths and weaknesses of, of your game and identify a whole bunch of people that bring something to the table. I, I learned something from, you know, the lowest level student who comes to the course who has no experience. I'm always learning from them and, you know, vice oh, versa. You should always extend sure. to learn from the, from uh, the instructors that teach you. And so, you know, there's an old, there's an old saying, Mike, there's an old yep. saying. And it's the, uh, and I live, I live by this man. Every single person, you know, knows something you don't. Yep. Every single person, because their experiences are not the same as yours. My experience is not the same as yours. Yours not the same. When I get on the range, when I get on the mat, when I get on in the ring, when I get on wherever I'm at, whoever I'm with, you listen, you learn, you exchange. How do you do this? How do I do that? We in the tactical industry, I've come and and you know, and I hate to talk shit, bro, but it's like this is the only way you slice the cat. You know, this is the only yeah. way it should be done. This is the, the way it has to be done. Why yeah. does it have to be done that way? Why? There's a thousand ways to skin a cat. You have your way 100%. of doing something. I have my way of doing something. I've been doing it for 20 years. It works for me. I'm going to give you my experience and why I do this. I want to hear your experience. So that way, when I teach on the next one, hey, my buddy, Mike, he told me this is how he does it. And anybody that's ever come to any of my courses, I always explain that to him. I go, look, I'm going to teach you, these are the, these are the, I could say, these are the ways to run with a rifle, you know, high port, low port, whatever, however you want to run with it. Okay. These are these, these, these different ways. None of them is wrong. It's what you want. And then it's the scenario will dictate what you're going to do. But to say that there is only one way, that's not the right way of thinking. Yeah. I mean, that's my opinion. No, you know no, what no. I mean? What do you think? Mike? That should be, that's fact for us too, man. I mean, that. That's the that's the one issue that we've seen obviously in the tactical community, which we're not fans of the tactical community. We we're we're immersed in it, we occupy it. But the the fact of the matter is, we've always we're under we're, we're under the the premise that you know tactics is an open forum for discussion because as soon as you shut off and you said this is the end all be all, you have just restricted yourself and uh, and disabled your ability to learn. Yeah. yeah, and then and learning tactics obviously it changes daily because it changes with behavior, it changes with people's actions, and everybody's actions change on a daily basis. Whether it's and, and that's implemented through their tactics and, and uh, techniques. So I, I like I like where your where, where your head's at, man. And you know I'm interested to know equipment wise. You know, you talked about carrying, and that's something that you do uh, routinely. We have, you know, we we push everyday carry because we we talk about it as an individual responsibility, not only to yourself oh, you and your family, but 100%. your community. And if everybody had yeah. that mindset, then we'd be living in a, an environment where people would be less likely to commit acts of violence because they know a armed citizen is potentially going to shoot them in the face. So, what? What's? Tell me, uh, what's uh, Tony? What's Tony's uh, EDC? What's your EDC on a, in your daily carry? Uh, I have two. I have two main DCs. I have a, I either carry a Glock 19 or a Glock 43. Depending on where I'm going, who I'm with, what I'm doing, uh, will depend on usually, you know, what, what I'm carrying. I always carry either one or two knives on me. Um, and I usually have in my car. <laughs> I don't know. My car is like three or four knives. I got a machete. I got a, <laughs> a bazooka in the trunk. Freaking Florida uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> it, it, the Hispanics always know what to carry machetes. You know I mean? so, Cubans, man. It's awesome. I got to go with my people, brother. You know, you feel Hell me? So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have, you know, it, I guess for me, I mean, most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, I usually I usually go with the Glock 19. I'm a big Glock guy, uh, my big Glock guy. Glock saved my life, bro. 
and it's never, never failed me once, bro. Yeah, we, never failed. You, me. you just valid. You know? I'm gonna be like you just said at the title. Of course, I'm gonna say Tony from World War Tactical said he uses <laughs> 43s and 19s because we push yeah. the, the 43 and 19 because we've seen it as a single action pistol that's really easy to use, really easy to carry. We use it in the military, and we we push it. I mean, we should all be sponsored by Glock. <laughs> Glock, if you're yeah, listening, you I need know, to be right. paying us. I, that, that would be well. You know, the guys that are sponsored by Glock, you know, don't let, I don't want to get into them, but uh, <laughs> they're all friends of mine, so they're good people. They're good people. They are good people. Uh, yeah, listen, back, hey, back to the basics. Simple, safe, and stupid, right? Yeah. It's the easiest damn gun to shoot. It's always going to shoot. Don't matter if you put it in the mud. It don't matter if you put it in water. It don't matter what you do to it. It's going to damn shoot. Yep. You know what I mean? And you don't got to clean the damn thing in fucking 5,000 rounds and it'll still freaking shoot. I can't tell you how many 1911s have gone down in my classes, how many SIGs go down in my classes. Yep. And I don't think I've had to date, to date, maybe, maybe one, a 1911 that has finished one of my courses. Wow. Finished one of my courses. Yeah. yeah. They always go by midday. I, I don't know if it's because of the heat, the humidity. The I don't ammo. know what it is. Obviously, yeah. the ammo. I know because the people Taurus. are cheap as fuck and they don't want to buy good ammo. They're finicky. Uh, <laughs> you know, but they always go down. And I, when the first thing when they come to my courses, and, and usually they're, they're pretty good shooters. You know, when I'm 11 they're, ah, they're good shooters. And by midday, I go, hey, did you bring a backup? Because I have a feeling the gun's going to go down. It's already, it's already malfunctioned on you like fucking six, seven times already. You know? And they're like, yeah. I, and then what do you think they have as a backup? Glock. Glock. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> I wonder why. You should have went with that I the first why. time. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. You should have just gone with that gun instead of wasting your time with the other one. Oh, no, but I like to shoot it. Well, you know, it's a boutique gun, you know? Um, uh, the SIGs, the SIGs aren't bad. SIGs is like a 70-80 for me, at least in my courses from what yep. I've seen. I just hate um, – I'm a person. Uh, I don't like double action, single action. Never liked it. I'm Every way. single time. Yep. Uh, it, you're always going to have a discrepancy on that first round. Yep. And that first round in an urban environment is the most important round coming out of that freaking fire. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. So if if you have – even if you're a person that avidly shoots double action, single action, that first round, the day that it takes you, that you're going to have to take somebody's life. I'm telling you, it's going to be at a buck 80, and you're not going to hit. You're going to pull it. You're going to pull it. And then you're going to have to put two or three more rounds, and hopefully, you you know, you know what I'm saying, you do well with two and three, you know, but that first one's going to feel like a freaking uh, 17 seconds to pull it. Yeah. I have a buddy of mine, Suresh Madhaven, a good friend of mine. Uh, we're actually uh, collaborating. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with a tactical plate carrier, you know, at the end of the year, and um, he's a great dude, but he carries a SIG. He carries a SIG mainly because he his police department always carried it. You know, and I always get on his case because his first round out of that damn gun is like it's like uh, pulling a pulling a ten pound you know uh, freaking chain. Yeah. You know, I'm like, bro, get it out already. Get yeah. it out. Why? Because he's scared. It's, it's that shoulder he's fucking shot. scared of missing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the first round. You know. Oh yeah, man. You know, like you know, in NYPD, you know, they're going. They have twelve pound triggers now in NYPD. Bro, you know that. Yeah. You heard about the that? old New York trigger. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a couple of Arizona agencies that do that, actually. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Scary. That sounds it, it, not it, good. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> my point. Then they wonder. Then they wonder. Well, the you, get into, get in, you get into a shooting, right? And it's one person, five cops shoot, and they hit the guy in the toe. Yeah. You wonder why. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? That's true. Tony, yeah, you're not going to hit there. You're going to shit 12, 12 pounds. Yeah. You mentioned training a lot about, you know, people coming to your training courses. How do people, you know, like, let's talk about the company a little bit, your company. You're, you're okay. doing training, you're doing consulting, 
you know, I looked into your stuff, your your strength and conditioning tactics, everything, merchandise. How I mean, what do you? What's your uh, business model? And like, what what are you doing? What are you getting into right now as, for your business? Uh, it, 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 I've learned, uh, you know, I started, and you know, it's been about five years now. It's about four years or so. Um, multiple streams of income. Yep. Diversity. Number one. Yep. Yes, diversity. Multiple streams. Come. You always have to have multiple streams of income. Number one, and number two, you have to be making money while you're sleeping. Yep. If you're not making money while you're sleeping, Mike, you're going to be working for the rest of your stinking life. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? You have to have some form of whether it's brand uh, accessories, whether it's products, whether it's something making some form of income for you while you don't have to be there or you don't have to work for it. Yep. I sold a t-shirt last if, night. So I don't care if it's 20 bucks, you know, say again, say again. I sold a t-shirt last night when I was sleeping. So that's, that counts, man. Just one. Just one. <laughs> hey, listen to me. How good does it feel to wake up in the morning and know that you made $150 for It does, man. It, it, it does feel good. I, I tell everybody that's a principle that we stand on is, Hey man, when you're, you know, that swag life, yeah. Is what keeps the lights on, so that you know that, <laughs> yes. and eventually, like with, when you grow up in business and you and you you evolve, it could be a practice that, if done right, could be something that sustains the business or even takes over. The next thing you know, you're a grunt style and you got a six hundred million dollar company. I mean, it's a big deal. Exactly. When you have all these different types of incomes coming in, when something's not doing good, something's taking over for it. And then you have the teaching on top of that, and you have this on top of that, and all these different things are just added uh, another component of you got money coming in as an entrepreneur saying you know what i mean so for me i have my classes that i teach tactical training i have my seminars that i teach uh strength conditioning or boot camps whatever you want to call them i have my online programs i have online programs uh four weeks six weeks eight weeks i have a 12 week online program i have shirts i have gear i have and i have like another five or six more products coming out on top of that you know so and obviously the sponsors um, on social media. And, and, you know, and that's probably, I would tell you, I would say like this. As any entrepreneur, uh, whether you're a veteran, whether you're not, it doesn't really matter. Social media, you have to be social media savvy or you have to know some form of social media because it is the marketing of the future. Print is going to be dead within the next seven to eight years. It'll be gone. Um, uh, there is no way to track print. And that's what that's the best way that I could say it to people. Uh, if you pay eight thousand dollars for an advertising campaign on print on magazine, whatever magazine it is, there's no way of tracking that. There's no way of tracking your return on investment on that. None. You can't. So I just spent eight grand on this on this uh, little thing here. So what do I know? How do I know how good it did? I don't. But on social media, if I do a story, if I do a sponsored ad, if I do a boost on Facebook. I know every type of person that came to my page. I know what they spent. I know how long they were there. I know everything. Everything, all the analytics is there for me. So I know what's going to work. I know what's not going to work. You know what I mean? Yep. You are you are dominating that market space. I, I, I'm kind of like looking at your account right now, and I've looked at it before, but the amount of growth and the amount of um, – uh, evolution that's taking place in that in that uh, space is uh, mind-boggling because I, I know what it's like to be in that grind because we we live in it. But uh, your your stuff is on a whole new level. How do you balance? How do you balance being an entrepreneur, doing what you do, um, being you know whether it's strength conditioning, consulting, training, keeping up with the business? What's the secret to balancing that with a with a uh, a, a life on the other side of that? 
I knew it. Red Bull. <laughs> Mike and I were look. Yeah, Mike and I uh, were looking at each other right now, like because we we're hoping you have a yeah. <laughs> a we're hoping you have a magic answer that's somehow going to answer this question, <laughs> so we can get sleep or we can get some kind of therapy or. <laughs> yeah. uh. There is no magic answer to that. Man. Yeah, I'm gonna man. tell you, I don't shut off. I see my counselor after this. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's just I don't. You. you uh, it goes from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another. Um, I go to sleep at two in the morning, wake up at, I don't know, six every day, seven days a week. I don't even know what days it is half the time, guys. You know what I mean? Uh, today's Tuesday. What, Wednesday? What? what oh, the only thing I know is uh, my sister will be like, uh, my sister will be like, oh, uh, you have a flight tomorrow. We have a flight two days or whatever. I'm like, oh, where am I going? Where are you going here? Okay. What am I doing again? Okay, you doing that? Okay, let me get everything ready. <laughs> We're starting to get into that now, bro, and it's like uh, it, it can get a little bit overwhelming, that's for sure. It's listen, and it's going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get worse. It doesn't get any better. People think that it gets better, it doesn't. It doesn't get better. It gets worse because when when it's like uh, it's like a trickle effect. When one door opens up for you and that goes very well, everybody from that it's going to tell everybody else, mm-hmm. hey, that was really, really good. So what do you think is going to happen? Two Other more doors, doors are going to open. Yeah. And then those two doors are going to tell two or three more people. And then it's just going to be compounded and compounded and compound. And then what happens is from those things that happen, you get contacts here, contacts there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and those contacts get other contacts. And then you make friends with this guy and make friends. And then they have something they're interested, they're working with you in, collaborating in, and you have this one. You know, and I'm the type of person, like, I don't, unless it's, uh, I, say, I don't turn things down. Yeah. If I see something that has, it has potential, I, I'm always, I'm, I'm a huge believer in innovation. Yep. I'm huge on that. You have to be, you have to be someone at, uh, at uh, the tip of the sphere. If you want to be the tip of the sphere, you have to be willing to risk, number mm. one. Number two, you have to be always open-minded. What's new? What's different? What's what's coming up? What's you know? What's the newest thing? That you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're stuck in that mindset where you're like, oh no, this is this is you know uh, this has been the way that it's worked. No, bro, you can't because you're never gonna grow. Yeah. You're never gonna grow. It sounds like you're every law enforcement agency. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, those are they, like, oh, great great they, points you're making, man. I think uh, just for people to understand that, like. Uh, I think it's a great point. You got to take risk and you got to be willing to to flex at a moment's notice to make shit happen. No pun intended. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely 100%. <laughs> uh let me tell you, leaving my leaving my career, you know, uh my retirement, uh I'm, which I got some of it, you know, I left early, but I got uh, you know, I had to I had to pretty much like uh cash out my retirement. Yeah. But leaving my retirement, leaving my career 15 years, leaving all that stuff was the hardest decision I've ever had to make ever. I've been getting paid. I've had a paycheck in my pocket since 14 years old when I first started my first job. I never stopped working since 14. Yeah. I started working at Winn-Dixie. I went from that job to another job to the Marine Corps to another job. I got my first job when, when, uh, when I came out of the Marines. It was Memorial Day weekend 2002. I went to my first club in South Beach. My first question to the door guy was, hey, you guys hiring? <laughs> yeah. That was my first question to that guy. Yeah. Because I don't know I don't know how not to work, Mike. I don't. I got to be working, bro. I got to be making money. I have to be working. If you have to have that mindset of like, okay, what's next? I got what's the next thing coming up? I'm a year. What's the next thing? If you if you sit there and you sit down on your couch and you start dwelling about what happened 2 weeks ago or 3 months ago and you're not worried about what's going to happen tomorrow or the day after, you're going to be stuck. 
you get stuck. You know, grind and, and, his life, and you end up. You know, it's just <laughs> bad, bro. It's bad. That's is there. So is there anything um, that you do? Do you meditate? Do you do yoga? Do you take an hour in the tub? Do you? I mean, is there anything? Is there any like? It's probably working out. That's what I. That's my guess. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. yeah we absolutely. know what Mike does now. <laughs> yeah, I Mike's in the those. tub. And he's doing yoga in the tub. Mine is the gym too, man. I, I feel like I. Well, I, I don't know what yours is, Tony. But speaking for myself here, mine is the gym. And when I don't work out, I feel like shit because it kind of. I always joke about you look like shit too. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. So, so oh what's yours God. though, man? Like, what keeps yeah, you kind of? I would say the gym, the gym. The thing okay. is, now the gym is is my job too. So. Uh, but there's like I, there's certain times that well, I'll get I'll go to the gym and I'll just do you know uh, just be me in the gym. You know what I mean? Where I, I'm not worried about filming. I'm not worried about yeah. doing videos. I'm not worried about anything. And and I think that's probably like like that's one of my main outlets. Um, and every now and then, you know, like I'll go shooting, and and just listen. It's not even crazy shooting or anything like that. It's the simple, basic. You know what I'm saying? Simple, basic stuff. Just uh, my alone time, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, for for me, that that helps me sometimes. It's kind of like um, clean out my mind because, <sighs> bro, when you when you're in your own, you guys know as an entrepreneur in your business, you're always thinking. Your freaking mind is always going 100 miles an hour on what's next. Yeah, what do man. I need to do today? What's next? What's next? What's next? You know, and uh, and, and sometimes you have to like stop. And just clear your mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. You have to just stop and just you know, and take a, take a, take a break because you know you get burned down. I got to a point where I was. Let me see. April, May, June. For between April, yeah, April, May, and June, I was traveling so much. I would literally come home to Miami for like a day or two, and then gone for four or five days. Day or two, gone for four or five days. Uh, I was I was getting so burned out that I started getting anxiety on the on the airplanes. Yeah. Uh, like when my when the airplane would land, you know how sometimes you get stuck on the runway oh, yeah. and like you can't go nowhere, bro. I, I started I started uh, hyperventilating, started getting anxiety, and then I started like uh, I, I, I could really tell like it was really affecting me. Like yo, I can't do this anymore. I can't like I can't I can't be in a plane, you know, six hours, especially when you go from East Coast to West Coast, yeah. and then back to East Coast, you're losing a whole entire day. You lose your whole entire day in the airport or in the, on, on, on in the air, you know. So uh, I, I realized okay. Now I know I can only do a certain amount of trips a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, that I can't makes let myself sense, get to that point. Uh, and you learn that with experience, obviously, what you can tolerate. Sure. You know, uh, and, you know and obviously, you know, with teaching uh, is very stressful, too. When you're, when you're traveling with guns, it's very stressful. The other day, I, I come back to Miami, uh, came back from Texas, uh, where I did like a range day thing like that. I come back, my freaking, uh, uh, my box with uh, my Pelican case with all my guns got lost. Oh, damn. You know? It got there before I did, I guess, because they put it on another plane, and I was like an hour and a half. Like, I was stressing. Yeah, like bro. 10 grand with the guns in there, you know what yeah. I mean? 10, 10 12 <laughs> yeah. grand, you know? So I was like, you know, I was like, this can't be lost. And then I got, no, then you got to call the PD. Yeah. You got to call the PD. You got to do this. It's like, yo, these guns can't be lost. Somebody's got to have these guns here, <laughs> yeah. you know? Bro, and, 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 and my blood pressure goes up, and this goes up, and, and, and all that takes an effect. Yeah, it really does. So you just started you doing to, air squats right there to friggin' yeah. <laughs> to decompress Burpees. a little bit. Burpees. Bro, hey, I, I, I start picking up uh, chairs and start doing yeah. freaking uh, overhead shoulder press yeah. on the chairs and stuff. Just to, you were to doing an overhead press with the airline, the airline folks that were working at the baggage claim. You're like, I need to, I need to, I need to do some military press real quick with you over my head. Yeah. 
hey, bro. Real. Hey, Tony. So I, uh, that's all good stuff, man. I appreciate you. Uh, offering up a lot of good advice for everybody that you know the listens to the Philcraft podcast. We're super, super honored to have you on the podcast, and really appreciate the fact that you made time to do that. One thing I want to ask you before we close out is, how can people get a hold of you? So we know Real World Tactical at Real World Tactical is where you're at on Instagram. Uh, let us know, you know, some website information and other contacts, um, and then some things that you've got going on that you're you're pumped about, man. Some some new release stuff. Um, well, uh, real world, uh, my website's real world, uh, dash tactical.com. Instagram is real world underscore tactical. Facebook, just, just type in either Tony, my name or real world tactical. I got two pages on Facebook, uh, YouTube, same thing, real world tactical. Pretty much if you just Google nowadays, if you can Google real world tactical, it'll just, everything pretty much comes up on there. It's, you know, it's been a while already. So, uh, right on. that's how you get in contact with me. Um, what I got coming out, I have uh, collaboration with uh, two to one B tactical, uh, we'll be coming out with a tactical plate carrier very soon. Cool. Um, it has his uh, patent, uh, his patented uh, uh, air air filtration. It's okay. gonna have that attached on the inside, so uh, no more like sweating your balls off uh, with a tactical plate carrier. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, on for fucking eight or nine hours. It's gonna help out a lot with that. So, so like a little I'm, AC I'm system. To... Yeah, it's like um, it's like a mesh. I could have used one of those a while ago. I don't know if you ever seen it before. <laughs> I haven't. Oh, it's 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 really good, bro. I mean, I've, I've down here in Miami, you know, it's so humid over here. You yeah. Know, it's so freaking hot and humid. Yeah. Uh, I did some testing on just the mesh stuff because he has an actual mesh piece, um, and I was like, bro, this is this is awesome. Cool. What a difference it, it really made in regards to like the skin on the plate, you know, on the plate carrier. So sure. Uh, got that coming out. Um, I have my own weighted vest coming out, signature weighted vest. It's gonna be just like similar to a plate carrier. Um, I wanted to get the plates, uh, one solid plate because a lot of them come with like the little packs you know what i mean like the little yeah. like sand yep. sand packs that are always yep. falling out and all that stuff uh i have my uh hammer coming out for some conditioning there's a lot of fitness different products that are coming out fitness wise that i've had so many questions that people ask me of other things that i use yeah so i figured i just make my own shit and yeah just, if they want to buy it they can go on my website and get it you know yeah. what i mean it makes sense uh, man every, yeah and everything's tested by me so like just my way to best alone it's took me like literally seven eight months to, to pull out because i've had to send the prototype back like three or four times you know what i mean because i'm not going to put out a product that's not high high quality you know what i mean yeah absolutely. it's going to be the best you know um i got all that stuff coming out oh i have my i'm very proud to announce man i was finally able to get uh i every year uh my goal was the last two or three years i've been able to get enough sponsors to uh, put on a an actual law enforcement course cool. uh leo classes officer survival uh vehicle operations nice uh, three days down here in south florida fully sponsored um i'm very proud of that man just because it, it just took me took me a long time yeah to, no, to that's be able to get that fully back, paid for, for these yeah, guys man, you know giving that's back. awesome bro. yeah it's awesome yeah so now now i got that in august in august and then i'm teaching with two from Ronan tactics in september you know so that's pretty much what i have coming up man hopefully next year i kind of this year i wasn't teaching as much just because i had these products just bro they're, they're, they're designing their product and all that stuff it takes so much of your time uh, and doing all that stuff, it, it, so I kind of put it on the on the on the back end this year. I'm teaching, but next year I'm gonna go back to teaching a lot more again. And it's, it's what I love to do, you know. I, I think it's what we both, all of us, love to do. Yeah, you know, man. go out there and, and spread spread the knowledge and, and the experience. You know, it's a lot of fun seeing people. For me, it's it's there's nothing more rewarding than getting a person and and you telling them what they're about to do, 
And in their head, they're like, there's no fucking way I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> man. No way. Yeah. No, you know? Yeah. And at the end, when you give them that certificate, you know, and they're like, wow, I can't believe I did all this, all this stuff and I got through it all. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's truly, you know, how you get these people that have no idea what mindset is and mm-hmm. teach them about mindset. You know, yeah, so, it's, your, it's your way of giving it's, back. It's, it's, too. Those are the factors. You yeah, know? it's your way of giving like, back. One of the elements, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm. It's, it's amazing because, uh, um, I, you know, I've never had an in-depth conversation with you, but to hear all these principles and all these things that you stand for, and uh, the way you're giving back, and all the things you have going uh, for you, Tony, it's, it's an amazing experience to, to hear it. But for our listeners as well, I'm sure they're going to um, um, get a lot out of it, man. And I appreciate your time today, dude. It's, it's been an honor. And I'm truly uh, humbled to be speaking to you. I appreciate no, your man, service, man. and thanks for the what you do. The honor's on mine, bro. Listen, anytime you guys ever want me on the on the on the podcast, I'm here. When you guys got extra time, hopefully I'll be up by your guys' way, and we can do some collaboration stuff, do some training stuff, shoot some rounds down range. I'm all about it, brother. Awesome. All about it. Sounds good, brother. I appreciate it, man. And and thanks for what you do. If you guys uh, are tuning in now, uh, you're listening to Tony from Real World Tactical. Um, I'll have all those links in the notes. Um, thanks, Tony. Thanks for being on the podcast again, man. Thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. Guys, it was a pleasure. All right, brother. Yeah, so, you know, this this uh, podcast is is brought to you by a lot of sponsors, but we also want to talk about stuff that we got going on with our own company, Philcraft Survival. So uh, one of the first things I want to highlight is the fact that we have upcoming courses uh, that Kurt's lining out right now. We yeah, got- we do. So uh, we've got an everyday mobility course going on in uh, the first weekend of August, 4 or 5 August. And uh, that's going to be a mobility course where you come out and you bring, you know, the rig that you drive in. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a bunch of practical exercise where we teach you how to fight from your vehicle. Uh, we're going to teach you survival based off of our modern survival kit and how to use the items inside of that survival kit. But really, it gets back to, you know, the the staples of survival, like we talk about water and fire and signaling and doing all these different things to make sure that, you know, in, in some of it's pr- primitive as far as bushcraft. Um, but we integrate technology as well. And we talk about all those things and it's, it's cool. We get to hang, you know, it's nothing stressful. It's a, it's a, it's a good two days. It's an overnighter. So we camp, we enjoy each other's company, have some beers, you know, talk about things just, uh, it's good. You know, I mean, we've, we've done these before and they typically go over really well with folks. So we wanted to run some more. So that's four or five, uh, August in, Phoenix. Um, we'll actually be hitting the Wickenburg area and some of those outlying areas that are a little bit better for off-road adventure. Uh, so we'll be doing that there. Um, and then we have a gunfighter carbine course coming up on the 26th of August. And uh, Mike and I will be present for that gunfighter carbine. Uh, we have several slots left for that. So don't miss out. Come get your gunfighter carbine on with Mike and I and Gun Fu will probably be there. And we'll have some other guys that uh, that help out Fieldcraft. And so you get a chance to meet everybody and then uh, have a good time. And so basically the 25th, what we've done, we, we made a little bit of a modification to the all-women's course because we want to make sure that we're not um, overwhelming people with information, I think is the best way to put it. And so we've cut that course down to one day. Um, we're going to lower the price point on the website <clears throat> And then, uh, you know, make sure that uh, that it's inviting enough that that, you know, we can get, uh, you know, the ladies to come in. We've got a female instructor. Heather Dobson is going to be the primary instructor for firearms. I'll be helping with that. And our medic, Jay Sylvester, will also be involved. So basically what you're going to get in the course is you're going to get the basics of firearm safety. 
Uh, so there'll be, you know, some good dry fire practical exercises, some things like that happening, making sure that you understand how to handle the firearm safely, load, unload basics. And then you're going to get some practical exercises with shooting the firearm that you use for self-defense. And then uh, we're going to be doing some trauma med stuff um, where you're going to get the basics of trauma to treat yourself and, a fa- you know, your family members if you're a mama. And then uh, we're going to roll into finishing out that day with doing what we call a modern survival seminar. And Heather is actually going to help me instruct that portion of it, you know, because we want to make sure that the ladies are are hearing from an experienced female that has a good background. So Heather was in law enforcement. She was um, she's a certified firearms instructor. She's got a lot of experience in the field and she's been doing it a long time. And so she brings a different perspective, you know, that sometimes I think men don't understand from a from a woman's point of view. And so we want to empower women and we want to make sure that we provide a, uh, you know, a good environment for them to learn in. Um, so they come out competent and they can protect themselves or their families. They may not have a husband in the house or a boyfriend or whatever, right? That, you know, the expectation is, is that they're going to do the protecting. Well, we know based off of what happens in the real world, that that's not a realistic expectation. So we want to make sure that we are giving people, you know, especially females, the ability to protect themselves. So I'm excited about that one. And I want to do that one more across the United States because I feel like, you know, several, uh, a lot of training companies that are out there don't provide that specific kind of uh, expertise. And so we, we really want to be able to do that. So this is the first one. It's going to be in Florence, Arizona, again, on the 25th of August, which is Saturday. And we hope that you sign up ladies. Yep. Um, as far as product wise, the EDM Go Light, I want to highlight that because it's the last week to pre order. By the time you hear this, you have probably a couple of days left. Um, we're not doing any more multi cam. We'll probably get rid of the, the last bit of inventory on multi cam at a latter date, but the, the last time to save is this. So, yeah, the EDM Go Light panel pack is the is the our Go bag that serves as a panel pack for the back of the seat, but also that you can convert into a Go bag, patent pending. Um, also, <laughs> Um, if you guys want to follow us, make sure you do follow us on our social media. We have uh, uh, the Phil Craft Survival channel on <laughs> YouTube. Uh, we also have Instagram at Phil Craft Survival. But also, if you guys want to tune in into our newsletters and things that um, Mason's putting out, Gun Fu's putting out, um, text survival, the actual word survival to 55498. The actual word. Just text it to 55498. That's S-U-R-V-I-V-A-L. You spelled that right, and I'm proud of you, yeah. man. You read it, though. I did. Um, so but it, that's a good thing. I can read I know. now. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's cool. And uh, so 55498, what that does is it gets you signed up for SMS releases. So if we're doing uh, coupon codes and deals, we'll release it sometimes that way. But another way is go philcraftsurvival.us and put your email in, and you get a newsletter. You get on a subscription list of tens of thousands of people who are subscribed and get some information, get some course updates. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> what that's else a, you got? That's a wrap. That's a wrap, man. We had a good day today. I'm uh, happy to be in the studio with Skillset. And I'm, I'm glad we're here and I'm glad we have this uh, set up thanks to Gun Fu. And, uh, yeah, I'm truly blessed. <laughs> Time to hit the road before, before the traffic hits. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, man. You got anything to say? We got to wrap it, right? I know, you got to say something. A stay alert, stay alive. Well, you, you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time. Stay alert, stay alive. <laughs> <laughs>